Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we continue working through this surprising number of histories with Richard III, as well as talk around some fairly important background info for the show itself. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Shakespeare and at Shakespeare Pod. And now, on with the show. I still want to know more about palimpsest. Yes, okay, so palimpsest uh, is actually one of my favorite words, and I was able to teach it to one of my coworkers this week, and the reason I'm thinking about it is because she wanted to share it with her husband, and so she just sent me a message asking me, what's your favorite word again, and what does it mean? So, um, but palimpsest is a word that I learned during theater history with Scott Magnuson at uh, BGSU, and literally it refers to a piece of vellum or animal skin that was very expensive and so when they needed more writing material instead of just discarding it they would scrape off the top layer so that they could use it again but you can't completely clean a piece of animal skin so there would be an imprint or an echo around the edges of what had been written on it before and so that's the literal definition and the figurative definition is that when you experience a story you're never experiencing it in a completely pure manner you're always experiencing experiencing it through the the film of what has been done with it before. So every time you see Hamlet, you're seeing every production of Hamlet that's ever been done. And you're watching it every production you've ever seen because everybody watches, when you see a new production of Shakespeare, even if you've seen it before, yeah. then you're seeing, oh, well, I liked the thing that this guy did last time. Yeah. Better, but this guy did this thing better, or you know, yeah. this this actor. Well, and even any story, any story, yeah. So, because for instance, Cinderella is so ingrained in us in our shared cultural history. Anytime you've got a put upon daughter who's going out into the world, you're reading it again through that, through that lens, lens of of. Yeah. of uh, well, you, your your fish out of water stories go like like yeah. uh, Grimm's fairy tales with Rapunzel and things yeah. like that. You know, it's like and and it locked in a tower and everything. For me, I really like the idea because I'm a big proponent of the fact that there's no such thing as an original story. Mm. Like we can change the setting and we can change the characters' names, but every single story that you tell is playing on tropes and patterns what's well, the, 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 the hero's journey and, yeah. and whatnot you know like that's why there's so many beauty and the beast stories that are out there well it's like so yeah. many hero's journey stories out it's there. like the the you know defi- disfigured french guy who's trying to find love which play am i talking about or which story am mm-hmm. i talking about am i talking about hunchback of notre dame am i talking about beauty and the beast am i talking about Fucking Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. You know, which disfigured yeah, French exactly. asshole is trying to get laid. Why exactly. are all the French disfigured? <laughs> Why are there only beautiful women in France and all disfigured men? Huh. Strange. Because the plays are all written in England. It's unfortunately Bing! too early to say. <laughs> we are Victor to Hugo so. was not writing in English. No, that's true. So. Victor okay, Hugo. Vic, well, Victor Hugo was literally just looking for a way to talk about how much he loved the cathedral at Notre Dame. That is entirely like Hunchback of Notre Dame is literally just Victor Hugo's love letter to that building. And it's what about what, It's what saved it, honestly, because it was falling into disrepair. Nobody cared about it. 
And so he wrote that book, and it was... And all of a sudden, everybody cared about it. Everybody cared about it, and now it's like, oh, now we've got to preserve it. And the power of stories is a fantastic thing. And there's your cold open. Mm. Or, you know, your... That's a little warmer of an open. your, your Your story could be so fantastic that eventually you're remembered as an asshole and found buried under a car park. So, before we dive in, let's have an actual discussion. Okay. Let's 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 talk about Lionface because as people have heard, uh, or may many, may have heard, yeah. Well, not I mean I, because normally this podcast starts off with like a little little promo for Lionface, and they didn't hear it this time. And they might be wondering why. Um, it's because they won't anymore. Yeah, because uh, as of last week, as of this podcast coming up, uh, Lionface has been dissolved. Mm-hmm. Um, we have not done. A local production in quite some time, and it just seemed uh, more reasonable to uh, continue with uh, Shakespeare being its own venture um, under my production, and uh, that will become more solidified as uh, as a venture uh, coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite yet. We've got a little bit going on right now. A big part of the reason that that isn't more of a solid thing right now is because I am in the middle of moving. Uh, these next two episodes are going to be the last episodes uh, recorded in this apartment, which is a little bittersweet. And then I remember the heating bills in the winter, and it's not so bittersweet anymore. I just want out. Um, Let's just get out. Oh, um, sad. Yeah. We'll miss the panel walls. I I, I am going to miss the panel We have to find a new have, place to put the stickies. I know. we got to find a new place to and, and to sort the stickies. Into We're going to have to buy a cork board or something. Oh, yeah. We can do that with the lion face money that's being moved over. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it just uh, seems to be a more reasonable thing to do. Um, and uh, there will be more... We had a really good 11 years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We did. And we had a lot of fun. We did some great shows. Absolutely. We did some shitty shows. We introduced people to Titus Andronicus who never would have seen it. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people at that show. That's actually one of our best attended shows in, in the 11 years that we did Lion Face Productions. Mm-hmm. So um, people had people watch uh, tape in an actual hotel room. That was uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. It was supposed to the, be. But in the best ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a play set in a hotel room, performed in a hotel room. I went to see it on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. It was just me and Tommy Duvall in the audience. Mm. Super uncomfortable. Yeah, that was the yeah that was the preview performance. Super uncomfortable. And Mike being in the back, like a stage hand, was just sitting in the bathroom of a hotel. Just of a hotel I worked at. Yeah, at one point That's when you both worked of there. us, right? That, and that I, I, I worked there. He was maintenance. Oh, I no, I was the quality and I was the maintenance guy. Yeah. Josh Smith worked there, too. Yep. So did uh, uh, our friend Stewie worked there. We used to mm-hmm. go and hang out with him uh, at his midnight shifts. Rachel Hetrick worked there for yeah. a period of time as well, right before <clears> I did. AJ, AJ worked, worked there. there. No? Jinx. You have to get me the next beer. All right. But yeah, it was... Um, and over like and, and that's just the first couple of years. Like we're we we haven't touched Faustus. We haven't you know. I mean, Murder at the Cathedral Murder was one of my favorites because I directed it, and it was one of my favorites because you directed me in it. It was one of my favorite rehearsal processes specifically because I'm a good director. Exactly, and it was super fun. Like it was a really great cast. Well, I, I would say um... I didn't direct enough stuff, and I'm trying <clears> to get <throat> into the village for directing. Sure, but 
Again, I'm going mean, to complain that they think <clears throat> that my vague concepts are really doing weird stuff with Shakespeare. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what... You haven't even seen shit yet. <laughs> but, I mean, some of my... This woman's about to do uh, Romeo and Juliet on a playground. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a good That'll idea. That'll be fun. It's a good idea for a garden On a play. playground or in a theater with a playground set. In a theater with a playground set, unfortunately. Um, and no, I'm... It's hard I'm, to get a mobile playground like that. It is. Or to rent out a playground like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at Seagull Elementary School has one. Yeah. But, um... But no, I, I, mean, know, I don't know that it would work thematically for the types of playground equipment that I want. Sure. I also am very aware that my dreams may be uh, larger than the reality that Horizon can support. That happens a lot in theater. It, yeah. I mean, some of my highlights, um, my first, the first play I ever directed, Titus Andronicus, was for Lion Face. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to play Macduff in the Scottish play for Lion Face. I got to be in the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged for Lion Face. I don't think I ever acted for Lion Face. I think I, I got acted to, for Beautiful Kids in between Lion Face. I got to direct. I got to direct tape. Yeah. I got to direct some one acts. I got to direct Titus. I got to direct The Tempest, which is directing one acts is always so much fun. I don't understand why more like I tried to do. We were going to do this Poe one acts. Yeah. Yeah. And it got totally, I got totally trampled oh. by one of our board members who has just decided he's doing it all. He's like, but, oh, well, I mean, I guess we still want to. I mean, I've already done all the blocking for it. Twat? I got to, I mean, The Tempest, I got to do Commedia dell'arte, which yeah, that was is fun. an amazing theatrical style that doesn't get done enough and works really well for Shakespeare, especially with that play. Mm-hmm. Um... We've had some wonderful creators involved with Lion Face over the years. Reading the plays. I loved reading the locally submitted one-act plays. I thought that was so cool to see what came out of the people's brains. I remember... That's some really good ones. Yeah, no, I remember before I moved away, I was in... The only show that I've ever been recognized for doing uh, was one that I think Travis Cook wrote called Hole in the World... Which, I like Hole in the World. Yeah, it was it was the only time I've ever been able to curse on stage, which was super fun. Um, but it was also like a, you know, like essentially people dealing with 9-11. And that's at least what I took away from the show. And it was <clears throat> really cool, really fun. Was that, it was, was that, which one was that? Was that the... It was... Was Matthew in that? I don't think so. It was myself, uh, Amber Bodie... Okay. And um, Liz also had a... Amber uh, Amber was in... Um, and one I was in it. Of when we did The Bourgeois Gentleman. I thought yes. he was going to lick that cheese off my finger. <laughs> Bourgeois Gentleman, which uh, Bob Walters was also in. Bob Walters, Bob Walters was Most in that. Most professional actor in Bowling Green. Most professional actor in Bowling Green. Nope, we passed that title That's now. true. So we, Chase and I, had the uh, Horizon New Theater first annual end-of-season awards ceremony and cabaret uh, tonight. We are workshopping the title to try and get it a little more succinct. Make, make it a little bit less of a mouthful? Yeah, but we are, we've got six awards that are going to be recurring awards that we give out every year at the end of our season. And one of them, uh, named in honor of Bob Walters, um, is the Most Professional Actor in Bowling Green Award. And it is going to a, an actor under the age of 10. As it just, should. Who's just really on top of their shit. 
and and what? knows what they're doing at any given moment, and you know. That's that's Bob Walters, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you expect that of the older kids, but when you meet a young actor who meets that mark, uh, it's it's standout and it's noteworthy. So, as of today, officially, Bob Walters is no longer the most professional actor in Bowling Green. At this point in time, it is a young girl named Sophia Milks. Good for her. Um, who was the only one of my four trumpeters in Phantom Tollbooth who ever knew what the fuck was going on. Good and, for her, though. And where no, she was fantastic. supposed to be. And she corralled the other ones, and it was great. Um, um, so she is now the most professional actor in Bowling Green, and she will hold that title for a year. No, my, my, wife directed, my wife directed Bourgeois Gentleman. Mm-hmm. Bob was in that. It was fantastic. Pat yes. Mahood was in that. Um, Amanda Corbin was in that. I have to say my very favorite show we did mm-hmm. is still Dog Meets God. Ooh, Dog Meets God was fantastic. very sad that we missed that. Dog Meets God, that I think, show was, was really good. It was the best I cried. culmination of what we had been doing. And I feel like everything since then, which I think includes my own show, like... No, Dog Meets God was, was, was late in our... Yeah. Doing full seasons. I think that was right before Cassie and I moved back. Yeah, and I, I still hear about it from because you know I do another path with three people from uh, from that. That path. were involved with that well, show, and, yeah, and people heavily involved with that. That's show. a show. Like I was about to submit it this year to Village. Sure. Until this last board meeting, they're like, "Well, we don't want to do a whole lot of that kind of New York off Broadway loud good in stuff. your face." They don't want to like, do good stuff. Well, they, I'm going to say 98% of the board does, and one person is just like, no, we can't. We've got an Albie show coming up with sea creatures that are going to be talking, so. Well, and that, see, that was the thing that Lion Face kind of, we wanted, we, we wanted to do the classics. Yeah. Hence why we always did Shakespeare, um, or except for the one year we didn't, when we did Moliere. Actually, we did Shakespeare that year, too, I, I think, because we did, we did R and J. So, we did a Shakespeare every year, but I also like to think of us as... So, Shakespeare is so such a limited portion of a great time period for mm-hmm. theater. That restoration theater is some of my favorite. But we did Moliere, we did Marlowe. Yeah. Um, and we did stuff like Tape and Bug. Mm-hmm. And and we had a one act with a dildo, which we didn't pay for. We didn't pay for that dildo. I still maintain I made the correct decision there. Did you steal a dildo for a show? No, we made them provide their own. Oh, okay. Chase will. Oh, yeah. Chase will wanted a dildo, and I told him I wasn't paying for a purple dildo, and he said fine. And he went out and bought his own. So I don't know what he did with it. It was like the show got weird. It was a weird show. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the plot of that show. I remember being irritated the time, entire time I was watching it because I was so focused on my treasure role of I didn't want to pay for this. This is stupid. Why am I paying for any of this? I'm sure the show was great. I was just otherwise. Which show was this? Uh, it was a one act. I don't remember uh, the name of it off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Again, it's all been blocked. It's the Purple Dildo show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sparkly. I guess that's a nice touch. But I believe well, it's important. It's important. I'm, I mean, it's okay, go, you know, it's that catches the eye from the audience. If you're going to go purple dildo, I think you need to go whole hog and get the sparkly one. <laughs> did you yeah. just giggle at the word hog? He yeah. did. He did. We were did. talking about dildos, and Chase giggled at the word hog. Yep. Because 
Because that works. Because it's, it's, it's a euphemism for penis. Yes. I, uh, I hate to... That'd be a really deformed penis, right? Right? Deformity? Let's bring that in. <laughs> Are we going to talk about some that, de- that was better deformity? than what I was going to do, so yes. Well, we did talk about deformed Frenchmen earlier, so I mean... Yeah, but that was, in, that was in the secret tapes. <laughs> that was in the secret tapes. Secret tapes. Yes. The secret tapes that refer to... That was a 30-minute digression into... Yeah. I'm thinking it was almost like a 45 minutes that we talked about weird stuff while we waited for pizza to show up. Well, Ryan and I just got drunker and drunker, and no one else did. If Ryan wasn't here, I'd feel super awkward at my level of drunkness, because Chase is not... 15.4. <laughs> what? And now it's 10.35, and we really need to start talking about this play, because I have had a very long day and want to go to bed. And we like, all have, yes. yes. And so, so let's talk about this deformed asshole, Richard Third. Which is how the entire show starts. So, so let's he, talk about yeah. introducing ourselves first. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm Ryan Hathel. I'm Beth Roars. Cassie Greenley. Chase Greenley. I'm only left mine. And this is Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm only left with mine. You can make up a name <laughs> no, for yourself. No, I can't. You could have been I got something sh- different. I can't. You need another beer before you I come do. up. We're calling you Geraldo from now on. Geraldo Rivera. So, in keeping with the Henry ad... We're we're dealing with. We're going to start off by confusing the audience, who's already read too many Henrys. Each Henry having a Gloucher in there. We're going to call Richard Gloucher to start. His name, yes, his name in the text is Gloucester. Yeah, and it took me. Hmm, I'm going to say about ten lines before I'm like, oh, really. Well, it's because he's the Duke of Gloucester, so he's Gloucester. And my Norton actually refers to him as Richard Gloucester. Does it? Okay. Through the whole thing. But it, in, depends in the, on, it depends on where you read it. In the original text, though, Gloucester. Yeah. Because so, he was the Duke of Gloucester, and that was how Shakespeare wrote it. Right, and if we remember at the last Henry we did, he switched over towards the end, and realistically, I'm just trying to bleed the Henrys out of me. I'll read King John again before I read a Henry. That's, Funny enough, that's though. That's not true, because we've got another Henry. Well, you don't know if I'm going to read King John between now and then, just to make myself <laughs> right, because I am stubborn. <laughs> Funny, Funny enough, though, this was actually written before, before the other Henrys, because this is this is actually his first tetralogy, and the second longest play Shakespeare ever wrote. It is a long It play. is. It took me... The only play longer is Hamlet. Also, fun little tidbit... This play is longer in the first folio than Hamlet. Hmm. The quarto version of Hamlet is longer than Richard III. Oh, but in the first folio, Richard any, III is the longest play. Any idea what they cut out? I mean, everything. You can cut the shit out of this play. Let's Most try. of this play is useless. So, Richard starts off his With a very monologue. famous speech. So the show yeah. starts with a very famous Shakespeare speech. That people get wrong. That people misquote. Now, now is the winter of our, our discontent. discontent. But it doesn't end there. They stop there, and it doesn't. It doesn't. So what's the next line? Made glorious summer by this son of York. So it was... Son, S-U-N. Yep, but double meaning there. Well, it's an allusion to Edward IV, yep. who had a banner... His uh, his uh, banner was uh, a son, and also the son of the Duke of York. So, 
the sun. Yeah. yeah. But so, Richard is talking about how we were at war with the king and then we deposed him and everything's great and now we're at peace and I don't like it. I want war back because yeah. I want to be king. So here's how I'm going to make that happen. I need Eddie Ford to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And my other brother, too. Um, and in fact, tell you what. Because I'm deformed, which, by the way, before this monologue, is not brought up in any other text with him. The no, his... he chopped off a guy's head with no problem at no all. No problem. But now he's, now he's deformed. Sort of Tyrion Lannister. Now he's deformed. That's true. Tyrion Lannister can do a lot. Who was a hunchback little dwarf. But here is Richard. He is deformed. We will hear later him called a hunchback. He's not called a hunchback yet. My well, and but, and in we'll get to it a little bit, I think. But I think Shakespeare's reasoning behind calling him a hunchback is not that he was actually a hunchback, but that he was that man was cowardly. Him. So he's like, you know what? I am deformed, and so my brother's court, which is full of mirth and women and wine and poetry, does nothing for me. Fuck that shit. Let's stir up trouble. I'm going to plant information Mm -hmm. to pit my brothers against each other so that my brother, who is king, will send our other brother to the tower and have him killed. So there's a prophecy that's been made. Because the next, like, after this monologue, which is fucking long. Yeah. uh, It's it's long, but only people remember the the first first one. Yeah. Right. So he's decided he is going to convince... His brother, Edward the King, that Clarence is... Whose name is actually George. He's the Duke yep. of Clarence. Because yep. we have to be confusing well, about this. So well, we've got, if, we've you're got, Duke, if you're the Duke of some place, that's how you, you refer if to. If you remember from the last Henry we talked about, it's Edward, Richard, and George. Yes. So, yes, but, but it's, it's a staple of... Yes, 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 yes. We know. It's a staple of heraldry that you're referred to by the place that you're the duke or count or whatever. But we're constantly throughout this series, throughout the Henriette, killing them off and replacing them with somebody who's already in the text. It gets confusing. Look, if you want to go back to 1593, it will make sense to you. I don't want to go back to 1593. I like feminine hygiene products. Also toilets. Just in general. I don't mind a hole in the floor. Eyeglasses. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's a big one for you. I'd be a blind beggar in the street. Mm-hmm. But such a beautiful one. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so Clarence comes in, and we find out about this prophecy. He's like, I'm being taken to the tower, because my name starts with G. Yeah. And he thinks somebody whose name starts with G is going to be his downfall, so he's taking me to the tower. But if we remember this whole heraldry conversation that Ryan just gave us. Louster starts with G. Yeah. So somebody has told Edward, a G name will trouble you. And we'll ruin you. Well, it's got to be George, then, It's got to be George. Sending George to the tower. And Rich is like, oh, man, God, that sucks. You know what? Yeah. I'll talk to Edward. I'll see what I can do to, to sort this I out. I got your back, you. bro. So, can you meet this sentence? Richard has to be, like, on the bridge going to the Tower of London. Because here comes George, Clarence, going to the tower. And then here comes Hastings leaving the tower. And they're all going to talk about how the queen now rules England. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. 
Not the Elizabeth you're thinking of, but Edward's wife, Elizabeth. No, yes, not QE1. Not QE1. But um, the, the White Queen, the witch, as she's often referred to, is now ruling England. Because um, she has control of Edward. Yeah, that he is so lovestruck by his widow wife um, that she, he can't make any decisions on his own. Um, and But the king is ill. He's sick. And so everybody's concerned about what's going to happen next. Because if he dies, his sons are too young to rule on their own. Right. Well, and then the the uh, regency would be Richard's. Would be Richard's. Well, because but, Clarence had been sent to the tower. we have to get Clarence dead first. Well, no, you have to at least get him out of the way. Yeah. So Getting he, him in the tower, nobody's going to... Yeah. Once you go to the tower, you're pretty much out of the way, because most people don't but come if, back from the if tower. The, if you were but not him. true for Queen Elizabeth? Yep, the she first... came back out. Well, I said most. She yeah. went to the tower. Yeah. So, let's just say you're sent to the tower because your name starts with G. And then your brother dies, who is king, who sent you to the tower because your name starts with G. It could happen that you come back out, and Richard doesn't need complications. So, let's... so he's got to get rid of George and The Clarence. way to do that is to continue to feed misinformation to his brother. But he also has this great plan... That to solidify himself, he needs to marry the kingmaker's daughter. So he has to marry Anne Warwick. Yes. Yes. To become king, in his mind. Um, the next scene has Lady Anne in it, and I think she became my favorite person. <laughs> she became my favorite person until um, Queen Elizabeth's scene with Richard at the end of this play. But no, Lady Anne is Lady, fantastic. Though. Lady Anne is fantastic. She is. No, she's she's really great. Um, her back and forth using his words against him. Like, first of all, her speeches are so fucking melodramatic. I would fucking love to say those on stage. They're so over the top. Oh my gosh. With a, like, I'm looking over your shoulder. What black magician conjures up this fiend to stop devoted charitable deeds? Yeah. And the, the use of the word coarse. I mean, corpse over and over again, back and forth at each other. She just has no time for him. And he starts to try to, like, romance her. Which, of course, but I mean, like, but it's being, important being the hunchback asshole that killed, that and, killed her dad and her brother. And, here's, and her husband. And here's the thing that it's really important to keep in mind. Her husband and her father, not her brother. Is yeah. that this conversation is happening... He has literally stopped a funeral procession. Yeah. She's walking by the dead body of Henry the Sixth. The six. Yes. She's lamenting his and, death. And right? Richard goes, hey, stop this funeral parade because I gotta woo this uh, mourning woman over Hold, here. Yeah. Hold like, on. In front of the corpse of the old king. I'm gonna let you finish. But first. But first. I gotta hit at you for a minute. I gotta get at my girl. Oh my gosh. Hey, baby, what's your number? Like, I know we have made fun of some of the wooing things that have been said before, but his wooing is so... Oh, God, he's terrible. She's like, I want nothing to do with you. You're awful. You killed everybody I love. And he's like, yeah, but we could be in bed together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I killed him, but we could bang. I I only... Let me get up in them guts. His... One of my favorites was, I killed your husband so I could have you. No, that doesn't work like that. (laughs) That's not how this game works. You don't get to say things like that. Okay. So, moving on 
There's nothing really else in that scene. No, it's just, it's a lot of back and forth between the two of them. And it's well worth a read. It is. This is one part I would not cut. It is amazing. You can't can't cut, you can't cut this. You've got to have Anne, um, giving him the business while he's trying to get to giving her the business. Yeah. So... Next scene. I drank that 15.4, by the way. I'm glad. But the reason I did is because there's a frog dressed like Shakespeare on it. Also, it's 15.4, so you little sloppy. Um, but the scene does end with her agreeing to meet him later. I Pretty much just because he wore her down. Yeah. Um, so the next well, yeah, he's Steve Urkel, dude. He wore her down. Yeah, I'm going to wear you down. All right, so the next scene, the queen... Is super worried about the king, of course, but not like she's worried about his death because she does, I think, love him. Um, about Edward, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, if he dies now, Richard becomes in charge of me and my children. He'll be regent, and I think that's more what she's trying to avoid. Yeah, and like, uh, have you met? Richard? Have you met Richard? He's have not... you seen him? Yeah, <laughs> seen. Have you seen him? Um, we've got it. We've got to get Edward back in line with his brother, so his brother yep. can like wrong G kid, wrong G. Need to get need to get George out of the tower and back in good graces, so that way we can keep this Richard shit from happening. That's basically where Elizabeth's at. Yeah. Um, in this scene, we also get because again, plot's not moving forward. This is just a whole bunch of people yelling at each other. This entire scene is people yelling at each other, including our old friend Queen Margaret, who just comes <laughs> out to just be like appears to berate everybody. Yeah, she's like, "You guys are fuckers. and that's why you we killed, like Margaret. You killed my husband. You killed my husband. You killed my husband. Y'all killed my fucking husband. Why are you here, Margaret? That's two kings ago. Like yeah. you, fuck the- you guys. That's why I'm yeah. here. It's like, why am I here? Because I'm gonna curse all of you. And that's it. that's it. She shows up and goes, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> She's like, hey, remember me? Well, and she gives the, so... She and does she the, throws like, the fucking deuce. She does the fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool to Buckingham. Yeah, because Buckingham, yeah. Buckingham was alright. Yeah. You didn't kill, you didn't kill anybody. But fuck you, I'm out of here. By the way, they do keep terrible company. They didn't murder a whole bunch of people. They, watch your back. Watch your back, Buckingham. Yeah, you hang out with these assholes, I'm gonna fucking come after you too. Yeah, you, Buckingham, stay away from Richard. Mm, I'm good. Thanks, Queen Margaret. No, really, you should. Now listen to me, motherfucker. No, and that's what I love about Margaret's appearance in this, though. Because she does not give a shit. She comes in. She's like, I don't even care, you assholes. You're going to listen to me. I'm going to tell you how you're fucking assholes. And then I'm going to say, a pox on your shit. Peace. So a message comes in to everybody who's apparently important in the room and says, All right, everybody come see the king, except for you, Richard. Uh, no particular reason. Just why don't you stay here? Don't come see the king. But everybody else should come with us. Don't feel anything wrong with it, Richard. Nothing's going on. Just you just <laughs> chill. You just We're chill. definitely not planning a surprise party. Wink, 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 wink. And so everybody <laughs> leaves. Then we're just like, this is fine because it gives me a chance to talk to my murderers who and are listed as murderers. They're listed in the script as murderers. And he goes, hey, hey this, is, this is not the only Shakespeare play where the murderers are listed as murderers. It yeah. just gives away, I think it gives away, it's a spoiler. Look, they're not putting the dramatis persona in there for the fucking groundlings to read. 
This shit wasn't available. Shit wasn't readily available. I guess they couldn't have read anyway, could they? No. They were just there to laugh at the fucking dick and fart jokes and watch people get stabbed. Well, that's what's about to happen. Let me watch these kings get stabbed because I am poor and I shit in a bucket. Let me watch. Why are you shitting in a bucket? Well, because you gotta toss it out the window. Just shit in the hole. We already talked about this. Look, I'm not walking outside my house to shit in some hole you dug. I'm going to shit in a bucket and toss it out the window. I'm sorry. That's, that's why the streets of London were You're brown not, with shit. You were not shitting in a bucket So in Richard tells the murderers, hey, go to the Tower of London and kill my brother. And oh, they go, okay, I, nice. I, sounds good. And Clarence seems to know this is going to happen to him because he has a terrible dream in which he... It's like, I don't understand, I had this this dream where my brother Richard accidentally knocked me overboard on a ship and I drowned and I don't know what it could possibly accidentally. mean. Accidentally. I know the you can't see my air quotes on the podcast, but uh, they're there. They heard them. They and then them. the murderers come in and they're like, hey you, dude who's talking to Clarence right now, get out of here because we said and so. And Brackenberry's like, I don't want to know why you're here. What kind of fucking guard is that? Uh, you needed to go in. I don't want to know why you're here. Could you put the knives away for a second? Well, I said have, I didn't want to know why they you're here. They have a missive from the king yeah. ordering Clarence's execution. It's not really from the king, though. It's not. Because yeah, but Breckenberry can't read. Yeah, but shouldn't in a book. There, there was an order given. Shitter. There was an order given to kill Clarence from the king. And then the king repented and sent a, an order saying, no, don't kill him, send him home. But Richard intercepted that one. Yes, he made sure that the order to kill him went on, and the reprieve did not. And so you've got these two murderers, and like the second one starts to get cold feet, and he's like, "Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I don't want to stab him while he's asleep. What you want to wake him up? No, I just like this little voice telling me that maybe this is wrong, and maybe uh, I'd be punished for this in the afterlife. Don't worry. Even if you get punished in the afterlife, and then my favorite moment I think of this whole play is when the first murderer goes. Okay, but are you forgetting about the money that Richard's going to pay us to do this? And the second murder goes, oh, shit, I did forget about the money. I will kill that guy. Yep, you're right. Spice straight up, kill that guy. I am here for earthly winnings, please. <laughs> I will kill that guy for these duckheads. I don't know what dreams may come, but I know that yeah. that will buy me beef. It's, it's remember our reward when the deed's done. Zwoons, he dies. I forgot the reward. <laughs> Like, How did you forget the reward? Literally the line. How did you get this far? And you were like, why are we here again? Which way did he go, George? He, he <laughs> has not eaten in several days. Yeah, he's got... it's all been wilted cat. He's got the he's got the meat amnesias. And then, meat I love this exchange, though, because the first murderer says, where's thy conscience now? The second murderer says, in the Duke of Gloucester's purse. And the first murderer says, when he opens his purse to give us our reward, the conscience flies out. And the second one says, just no matter, let it go. <laughs> I forgot. I'm about to get paid, son. It's just—it's a hilarious exchange. Oh no, it's great. It's fantastic. And they, These guys so, are the entertainment 720 of murderers. They are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's John Ralphio. Uh, and they are. Tom Haverford. Tom Haverford. Standing in the middle of a giant warehouse. Because John Ralphio would forget that he was going to get paid. He'd be like, "I came here to murder someone, but I don't feel like it." Tom. <laughs> Tom Haverford goes, you're going to get paid, you're son. You're going to get paid to do this. Oh, yeah, fucking money. 
Money, please. Money, please. Murder, murder, murder. And so then, like, oh, he's waking up. It's the entertainment seven twenty of murder. Kill him before he wakes up. And the other one's like, no, no, no. Let's try to reason with him. Why? Why? So then they have this whole conversation with Clarence. And they they try to make him feel super guilty. And eventually, at the end, they're just like, "Uh, wasn't the king, by the way? It was your brother. Stabby, stabby, stabby. (laughs) It was Richard. (laughs) So like, they are this scene. That particular part of the scene feels like, uh, you know those CW shows where the last, like, five minutes something crazy happens to make it a cliffhanger? (laughs) It's like, next week on Smallville. Boom! Yeah, it's like, oh, I've always loved you, Lois, but stab this one from Clark. Here's a kryptonite knife. The the murderer who was getting cold feet. As soon as they, like, stabbed him, he's like, oh, I feel really bad about this. I feel like we shouldn't have done this. And Murder's like, money, remember? And the second one's like, no, you did this all yourself. I had no part in it. You stabbed him. And you helped me shove his body in a barrel of wine. I didn't. You did. It was, <laughs> no, I seen it. it, it you was, were right here. It was a Malbec. <laughs> yeah, but if I don't take the money, then I didn't do it. Peace out. It wasn't a Malbec. It was a Pinot Grigio. Why did you have to know me on that? You could have yes anded. You're terrible at improv. And so then we move to the dying king who just wants everybody to be friends again, and it's a giant peer mediation session. Can we be? Can we all? Can we, I can't even. I can't even the fucking go on because you fucking peer mediation. <laughs> That's what it is. And in the middle of the peer mediation, oh the guidance God. counselor comes in and goes, "Guys, I've got some bad news." Clarence has passed away. And Richard goes, Oh my god! He died! Because it's, you be friends with him. You be friends with him. And they're all like, yes, of course, my lord. All we'll the wrongs totally be done friends. Is, you know, like, and then it Why comes can't in, we and he's like, then be friends? Let me just, the only thing Why I have left to do before I die be is, is, is bury the hatchet with my brother Clarence. And Richard's like, oh, yeah, you're not here? He did. He's dead in the tower. No, I told him not to kill him. Yeah, the guy that took that message was, like, really slow and kind of sick and his leg was falling off, like, from leprosy or something. <laughs> like, and the other guy like, was real fast. Yeah, that bad leg. So, uh, yeah, that guy had the real, the, the, real, the, the real bad leg well, rot. If, if Elizabeth hadn't sent her uncle, brother, or whoever to deliver the message, he would have gotten there in time. But he didn't. So it's really Elizabeth's yeah. family's fault? Yeah, like, so why don't we yeah. bring Elizabeth He's a dead. York? Clarence yeah. is dead. Yeah. Yeah, he dead. Oh, sorry about Ooh, that. Sorry, ma'am. What you gonna do? And then King Edward is, like, so distraught over this. Let's reminisce. He... People talk so much in this. Movie. They do. Oh, that's where they sing Kumbaya. So yeah, talking. They get together and they talk about how Clarence. They have was, a talking stick that they. Pass they have a prayer circle. circle. Clarence is wonderful yeah. for this reason, and Clarence is wonderful. Well, then why the fuck did you assume that if he was so great, why were you like G name? Got to be George. Send him to the town. Gotta be George. Can't be fucking Gloucester. Also, couldn't be that Jeffrey guy over there or that Gordon dude over there. It's gotta be my brother, George, who's yeah. never done anything. Who's never been more, anything more than a swell fucking dude. Like, there was a small point in time in Henry VI Part One where he was maybe trying to make a run for it, but he gave it up. Yeah. Yeah, he had a brief, okay, a brief indiscretion, two fucking plays in the Tetralogy ago. Yeah. Three, no. Come three. on. Come on, that was three seasons ago. 
He's been a good guy since then. And so then we we see the Duchess of of York, who is the mother of Edward, Richard, and George. George, yep. And she's talking to George's George's kids. kids, And they're going, hey, Grandma, is our dad dead? And she's like, no, your dad's not dead. No, he went to a farm upstate. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real nice family. We'll go visit him. We'll go go visit visit him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll go visit him. Yeah. And then the kids are like, um... No, he did. We know he did. And our uncle did it. And R- Richard comes in weeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richard's like, yeah, that uncle. Mom! <laughs> well, no, but it's this whole, like, My weird soap opera competition about who's sadder. Because you literally have well, the two this children is, this is, this and is, the Duchess of York and Queen Elizabeth all having this competition about, I'm sad and my dad's dead. Well, that's I'm because this, is, this is a fucking dead. telenovela. It yeah. is. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem with this play, is that it's four seasons long of a telenovela that needed to be about sixteen episodes. Well, because th- this is this is th- this was actually this was actually Shakespeare's first tetralogy, which puts it real early in his writings. And this yeah. this play was written in fifteen ninety three, which is how it ends up in the first folio and everything else because it's early on, and it, yeah, like. We talk about how Henry VI was actually probably written before the rest of the Henrys and things like mm-hmm. that. This was also written before them. This is like he wrote the end of the shit before the beginning. Before the beginning, and he he wrote the best stuff later. He wrote Henry four one, Henry four two, and Henry five. Well, it's probably because this shit got a lot of people in. Because look, if somebody were to stage this now as a modern day, it's been done telenovela, it would get great reviews, especially for this next scene. So we've already got Richard in there crying about the loss of his brother. They're having a one-off. And then in walks somebody to tell them that now Edward is dead. And so they all flail again into tears. Well, and then they have, to, they have to have a loud off about who's the saddest. Yeah. I'm the saddest bitch. I'm the saddest bitch. So now Richard is last man standing by his own design. Well, duh. He made sure that he made sure he knew Edward was dying, and he made sure George so died. Of all of our conspirators, we've read to this date, he is the fastest because we're not yet out of Act One. Oh yeah, and, and he's, he's already, already got the deed done. No, it's, it's the beginning of Act Two. Yeah, is it? Oh, it's the very beginning of Act Two, and the deed's done. But the deed's done. Yeah, like he has accomplished his goal. He did it. Like fast. no other villain accomplishes their goal that soon. Like boom. So. He's a real go-getter. Richard's mm-hmm. he's a shit doer. His shit brother doer. is not. Bitches get shit done. Richard's a bitch. So <laughs> what? He is a bitch. You're he right. He is a bitch. So his brother is. Both of his brothers are dead on the same day. His mother is crying. His widowed sister-in-law is crying. His nephews are crying. And Richard's like, "Mom, can you give me your blessing?" And she's just like, what? What the fuck? Now? I mean, yeah, I love you. You're my kid. But that's really all I'm going to give you right now, you fucktard. You leftover fucking bits of genealogy. Are you, is he like the twins? Is he Danny yeah, DeVito? he's Danny DeVito. He's fucking Danny DeVito and twins. Edward and George got the good shit, and he was what was left. Luckily, Queen Margot... Margaret did not curse Buckingham, so Buckingham is still kind of with it. 
And she, he's like, all right, 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 all right. Everybody's sad. You sad. You sad. You're sad. You're sad. All right. Somebody go get the new king, who is twelve. Twelve. Go get him real quiet, like, and bring him here quickly. And be like, hey, because we just went through a civil war, and we don't want to do it again. And we're just like, dang it! I didn't think you'd think that far. Rat. And then we have this conversation between citizens. Talking politics. Yeah. Uh, king is dead. What's gonna, yeah, what's and, gonna happen now? Oh, it's fine. His son's gonna take over the throne. We've got a clear line of succession. Yeah, his son's 12. Do you remember the last time we had a child? A fucking... Crown? It was just... It was like two weeks it was, ago. It was it was King Henry VI, and that didn't end well. It was like literally the last motherfucker. Two... <laughs> All right, so it's the same tetralogy. Do you not even know this shit? Were you not? Did you not watch last season? Did you just come in, you noob? Didn't you at least check the program? <laughs> do, you not, do you not fuck it? Okay. Read the director's right. note. Okay, sorry, spoilers. So with, but guess what? This has happened before. So with the death of the king, now we're gonna switch titles around again for a little bit because now the king's younger son is Duke of York. He's nine. By the way, just the nine old Duke of York, and he's been he's referred to in the script as York, as York, nine years old. Yeah, yeah, so, that's because that's because heraldry he, does not give he, a shit how old you are. Also, by if the way, if you're bestowed a title, that's your title. He is also Richard. Yes, he's Dick York. He's Dick York. We gotta get a, we so, gotta get. A, I mean, his uncle's Dick York too. We gotta get a Dick York in here, a Dick yeah. Sergeant in here, so we can be bewitched. His uncle's not Dick York. His uncle's Dick Gloucester. His grandfather was Dick York. Dick York. Yes. There's so this many. Well, like I said, we gotta get a Dick Sergeant in here so we can be bewitched. Yeah. So, that was a really... That was a stretch. That was, no, it wasn't I, Dick York, Dick Sergeant. I am a, I stretch things a lot. That one was a stretch. Alright, so the Queen... Look, okay, just because our just because our audience won't get it doesn't so mean So, Elizabeth is still trying to, like, protect York... From all of the stuff that's going on, because he's nine. Because she's trying not to... Yeah, but his 12-year-old brother. <laughs> and so, news comes in, like, so there's the queen, there is the archbishop, there's the Duke of York, who's a boy. And they're trying to, like, shield him and talk around him. And all of a sudden, news comes in that Richard has gone ahead and arrested, like, most of Elizabeth's family. So the Grace, Well, because it was rivers. her fault that yeah. George died because her gimpy ass old uncle didn't make it up to the tower in time. So she panics and she takes sanctuary. Like she claims sanctuary from the Archduke, Archbishop. Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about. The Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah. Well, no, Archbishop of York. Oh. Again. So we're still in the Yorks. So she, like, grabs her son, the one that she can get to, and she's like, oh. Richard's about to just fuck everything up for me. I knew this was going to happen. This is what I talked about in Act 1. I you warned guys, you guys about this. Talking about this. this is gonna be Queen something. Margaret warned you guys about this. Yeah. Um, she came out here and yelled at all you assholes, and you didn't listen. So, we're going to flip back to... So, Richard's rounding up her family. Buckingham, however, still kind of has what's right as far as succession in mind. Richard's hanging out with Buckingham and the new king, who, at 12 years old, is having exactly zero of Richard's uh, bullshit, which I love. Right. 
Oh yeah, he's a twelve year old, but he's like he's not gonna he, take any shit. Yeah. He wants the other uncles. Yeah. He doesn't want Richard, who he is ninety nine percent sure is the one who killed his uncle Clarence. He wants his other uncles who have just been arrested. He wants Rivers and Grave Gray, who are not actually his uncles, they're his older brothers. Technically. Technically? Yeah, because they're well from the first marriage. Queen Elizabeth's sons from the first marriage. Okay. Yes. He wants them. And he wants them to be released now, and he does a little like twelve year old tantrum about it. Well, he is the fucking king now. Yeah, mm. but you're still twelve. No, that's I get it. True. And that's exactly how Richard takes it too. Yeah, you're fucking twelve. And so he's coming in, and he's like, "Well, soon we'll be with my mom, and we'll see what the fuck you have to say now." And they get there, and Hastings is like, "Um." Your mom and your brother have taken sanctuary and left you alone. Oh, snap. And Richard's like, oh, well, that just means you should spend time with me till your coronation. Why don't you guys just just hang out with me now, King? And I think that's probably, like, the worst thing that could happen to this kid. Well, yeah. I mean, we all know what happens to other (laughs) fuckers that hang out with Richard. What else happens well, they get stabbed by fucking Tom Haverford and fucking John Ralphio. That's terrible. <laughs> they get Entertainment 720. So, but they don't even get Tommy's closet. So they've taken sanctuary. They don't even make it to Tommy's closet. But then York arrives, which is still the nine. They definitely don't get Tommy's right. Yeah, is this the different York? or nope. is this the nine year old. The okay. nine year old. Nine year old Duke of York, and he he comes had ten thousand. Who's also. Having none of Richard's right. shit. So there again, throwing barbs back and forth. So this is Shakespeare being like, Richard, not only could he not out-talk Anne, he can't out-talk his nephew. He can't out- No, but that's because these kids are fucking Ricky Bobby's kids. They're fucking hopped up on Mountain Dew. They're gonna come at him like a fucking spider monkey. So, so Ricky Bobby right. both kids are clearly suspicious of their uncle and have decided... That they'll go to the tower, but they're really worried about fucking ghosts. Which I think is funny. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to go there. There might be ghosts, but I guess we will. Anyway. Here's here's the thing about the Tower of London. It served two purposes. It was where the crown imprisoned their enemies to await execution. (laughs) And their family to await execution. But it was also... Traditionally, where the the sovereign who was about to be crowned spent the night before their coronation. Yep. yep. Like you went, it was tradition. You went to the tower, and that's where you spent the night before your coronation. Well, I mean, unless you're going, Which unless made you're going, it real convenient when someone was trying to depose somebody else because you just throw them in a different tower. Exactly. Well, and then you're not going to take the crown. Was, now you're in it prison. It was the family residence for a long time yeah. too. So, until Whitehall well, was purchased from... And, but that's Henry VIII. So, this would have been... Yeah, but I mean, back in the old days, they didn't, they didn't do that. They, they definitely did things differently. You know, pre-Tower of London. Yeah. They went out to a fucking field in the middle of nowhere. Well, I mean... And were blessed upon a fucking rock. William the Conqueror built the tower, so... But that's, but that's what Richard's doing here, is he's saying to the boys, like, hey, yeah, we're going to go to the tower because you're going to be king and you'll be safe at the tower. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to hang out. And it's going to be cool. It's cool. It's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, don't worry about the ghosts. It's cool, guys. Cool. Everybody's cool. 
And then he puts them weed. in one of the prison places instead of one of the you're about to be king places. Yeah. Well, it's because he lured him building. in there with the weed. Yeah. Same building. And in the next breath, after this, like, don't worry, you'll be king. Don't worry. Yeah, we're going to go to the tower. You'll be king. Richard then turns and starts making threats that if Hastings won't support him as king, he's going to cut his fucking head off. He's starting to send out messengers around to find out who will support him for king. Uh, it, Meanwhile, he's in the middle of trying to lock these poor boys up. In the tower. I mean, we all know what happens to the boys. Now we do. They get Richard yeah. in. Maybe we do. Yeah, they yeah, get Richard so, in. We so got a pretty good Buckingham, idea of what happens to those boys. Buckingham Money, is, please. <laughs> Buckingham is, is acting as, as Richard's kind of right hand. Right, but he's still trying to do... He's still trying to do the like, right thing. Richard isn't including him necessarily in all of the underhanded dealings. No, but Richard has Buckingham and he has Catesby. So Catesby is the one he's including. Catesby is the one who's doing all the shady shit yeah. for Richard. And so he's like, hey, Catesby, go uh, talk to Hastings and just ask him if he would support me as king. Circle yes or no. And if he says yes, okay, we'll go from there. If he says no, we are going to have to kill him. Yeah. Because then he's going to know about my plot. I don't Everybody care. hates those maybe murder <laughs> again, chores. Again, again. You can to bring this us up for a murder chore, but a maybe murder chore, that's rough. All right. So I don't even know if I have to kill to this guy, this, but i got to walk in here prepared to kill this guy. To bring this back again to the Ralphios. I hear what you're saying. I don't like it. And if you don't say yes, I'm going to go start a fire in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, ding, ding, ding. Richard is... The worst. Mm-hmm. He is Literally saying, the worst. if you don't do what I want you to do, if you do what I want you to do, great. We're going to be besties. If you don't, I will probably start a civil war and cut your head I, off. I will probably cut your head off and shit down your throat. Yeah. Well, and I'm so, gonna still shit in a bucket. And so Catesby goes to Hastings. and he goes, I'm going to dump it in your mouth, though. Catesby goes to Hastings and he goes, hey, so... Uh, how would you feel if instead of making Edward King, we uh, made Richard King? Like, how would how would you feel about that? Like, would you feel cool about that, or would I or have would to you murder be like, you? Oh, I'm gonna hand you this parchment. Says really? yes or no. Why don't you just just circle one of those and take a little look, see, and we'll go from there. And and Lord Hastings' response is, "No, Richard can't be king." He's not next in the line of succession. We can't keep jumping shit. It's we gotta, we gotta stop doing this shit. We've got rules, motherfuckers. So, Lord Hastings has a dream because everybody has a fucking everybody's dream. Everybody's got a dream in this play. About Richard, and is like, you know what? Well, Lord, sorry, Lord Stanley has the dream. Who tells Hastings <clears throat> that he had a dream about Hastings being murdered? And I was like, why don't you run away with me? Let's go away to the north. Let's go not get murdered. Yeah, so... That sounds great, let's right? Let's do that. Um, Hastings is like, I'm not listening to your dream at all. Um, and then Castaway comes in to say, like, the whole Queen's family is about to die. Right, we're off them all. And Hastings is like, well, that's good. <laughs> great. Cool, but still, we're gonna need Edward's son to be king. So I'm not gonna listen to what you have to say in your dream. It's cool that Elizabeth's family's gonna die because she's still a fucking witch. Well, yeah, she's the White Queen. 
But uh, we're gonna need... Yeah, murder that shit. We're gonna need his son on the throne. So Richard... Let's let Richard do this, and then we'll then, just figure it then out. Then we'll tell Richard no. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let Richard consolidate his power and do everything he wants to do and murder the people he wants to murder, and then we're going to tell him no. Um, That's a great they, plan. They get Hastings in the same room as Richard. Yeah. And uh, he's putting the next uh, step of his plan in place, which he's going to get... He's trying to get Edward and Richard, the two princes declared bastards um, by virtue of the fact that we don't know who Elizabeth was sleeping with. She could have been sleeping with anybody. Ah, yes, the age-old slut defense. And so he comes in and he goes, I pray everybody, tell me what they would deserve if you found out that somebody had been laying curses upon me and my person. Like, oh, wow, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. And then he holds up this deformed hand, which presumably he's had his whole life. And he goes, well, here is the evidence that Queen Elizabeth has cast a blight upon me. Nah, dude. And they're like, really? He's like, yes, she's a witch. Burner. She's not a witch. She's your wife. Wait, no. She's your brother's wife. <laughs> she's brother's wife. Um, Wait, what else floats? Dust. Dust. Small, small pebbles. And it, and and. Lord Hastings is going, well, if she has blighted, he's like, if, if you see it right in front of you. I'm deformed right here. I'm deformed. And I'm telling you that she did it. I don't know why you have caused to doubt me. Why would you even? Why would you even? I am the brother of the dead king. How could you doubt my word? Clearly. And then at that point, Hastings goes, you know, uh, Stanley had a dream that this would happen. I should have listened. I should have listened to that motherfucker. Because uh, Richard be cray. Real cray. That's true. So, dur- by the end of this scene, Hastings takes a step back and is like, Huh, Margaret was right. <laughs> Clearly all of her curses have come true. If anybody had taken the time to listen to fucking Queen Margaret, like this they fucking have should have. Like None of this would have happened. Five plays ago. Yeah. She's been telling it like it was for plays. For days of plays. Like, if and King Henry had listened to Margaret. If any of these motherfuckers at any point. had listened to Margaret, this shit would not happen. Listen to Margaret. Listen Bitch to Margaret. knows what's up. So, Richard, in all of his brilliance, he and Buckingham dress up in shitty armor. Literally. <laughs> shitty armor. Like, he's bad. Oh, to yeah. make it look like they got dressed in a hurry to run to the Lord Mayor of London to tell them, hey, uh, Hastings is a fucking traitor. We're, we're, we're under attack. We're under attack, and he needs to be executed, <laughs> like, now. Like yesterday. Get on it. Get on it quick. And the quick. mayor's like, oh, yeah. This gullible piece of shit. Yeah, clearly. Clearly, let's go do that. Which, uh, to... And, and just a side note, um, the current Prime Minister of England uh, is a complete idiot douche rocket who also used to be the Lord Mayor of London. And so when I was reading this... Is it this, the new one that they yeah. just... Yeah, this yeah. fucking new cockbag that yeah, they just fucking... Yeah, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Dickhead. He yeah. looks like he's got a bad toupee. He looks like fucking Trump. 
Yeah, I know, he does. He looks like he's a fucking white supremacist with shitty hair. Yeah. Just like we have. So, the entire time I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, clearly. How the tables have turned, England. Clearly, same guy. Same guy. Um, and then we have a scene with perhaps my favorite character in this play, uh, the Scrivener. Mm. I, I'm is, still, I'm still my favorite is Queen Margaret. Well, but. yes, but the scrivener is scribing this uh, order from the Lord Mayor. Is he against, scrivening? Against, yes, against Hastings, and he has a monologue where he's like, "So this whole thing against Hastings, like it's clearly fake, right? We all know that. Like anybody with eyes and sense can tell that this is like Richard. You, you all like, know. You all know that this is not real." And I have to write this out because the Lord Mayor told me to, and this is so far above my pay grade. So it's almost as if Shakespeare has to take a second, stop, level set the audience in case anybody has really been swayed. <laughs> well, like, let's make sure we don't have any Richard supporters out there. Let me, yeah. let me. Well, because this this play originally was in the first folio, the history of Richard the Third. The quarto comes out. And it's the tragedy of Richard III. It swapped genres between the first folio and the quartet. No, we'll talk about. Let's talk about that. One. No, no, put a pin in it. Put a pin, put a pin, in, pin it. in it. Our first pin. <clears throat> but yes, we, I mean we'll have. Lots no, yeah, of the scrivener. The scrivener is is literally going, guys. This is wrong. This you all know it's wrong. Yeah, are we all in the same? Things didn't do anything. Richard is the bad guy. Please remember that. Yes. So let's level set this again only halfway through the play. It's so long. All right. So Buckingham. Yeah, it's it's Hamlet 2 Electric Boogaloo. For the record, we are almost an hour into recording. We'll get going. We'll get going. I don't think you can Cleopatra this one, but we'll get going. Mm -hmm. All right. So... Buckingham comes in and is like, hey, I was talking to the citizens. They don't really want you to be king. I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean they don't want me to be king? I mean, you were supposed to go and you were supposed this to was say, your job. Richard should be king. And you were supposed to get everybody into a frenzy I, going, yeah, Richard. I know, but you're killing everybody too quickly for that. And in fact, the actions of the Lord Mayor are kind of like working against you right now. Like, well, what are you talking like, about? People like people like Hastings? He's like, did, did anybody cheer for me? He's like, well, the couple of guys I peed in the back did. Um, but, but uh, you know, what I'm really... Everybody worried, else, they hate you. Buckingham's like, I'm kind of worried that there may be an angry mob coming for you. Just just so you know. Just so you know. Um, and Buckingham's like, fuck this shit. Your whole family's gone. I'm taking the mayor. I'm taking my men. I'm fucking leaving. I'm out. Fuck you. Fuck you. Queen Margaret was right. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm out. I'm out. That's right. So the sooner people realize the Queen Margaret was right, the better. Richard's like, no, wait, come back. I'm only becoming king against my will. Oh, they got my arm up behind my back. I don't want to do it. I didn't pick it. I didn't pick it. He works out another like thing with the mayor where he makes the mayor play act this scene where the mayor goes, no, Richard. You we want king. you to be king, and Richard's like, oh, gosh, no, I don't want to. Well, if you make me... Okay. <laughs> All right, so somewhere in the last two acts, <clears throat> behind the scenes, Anne married Richard. Yes. I don't uh, yes. know how or why. I like to believe it's because 
she wasn't really given a choice. I like to believe that as well. Because she and the queen, or the dowager queen, finally moved into Act 4, by the way. Yeah. And uh, the Duchess of York are going to see their children, who are all fucking locked in the tower. And they won't let them in. Yeah. Uh, Richard says they can't get in, and the queen is like, um, I will I will be coordinated soon. Don't you think that, could I, no, still can't go in? Still can't go in? Still can't. I, and still then, can't. And then Elizabeth's like, I'm there. Their mother. Can I? Nope. I go, no? Can't? Okay. And Stanley, who again wanted Hastings to run away with him to the north, and the queen. Good old Stanley. I like Stanley, and we'll get more of him later. Well, Stanley is all about let's run away. Stanley and yep, the queen. But that changes. Are like, hey, uh, let's leave England. Let's go over to the continent. Let's meet up with Richmond. Who the fuck knows where the fuck he's been? I'm assuming France, because that's where... That's where all the British go when they want to fuck somebody up. And Lady Anne's like, oh, woe is me. I brought this on myself by marrying Richard. Yeah. And he knew fucking better. Yeah. She did, but she was wooed by that hunchbacked asshole. I know. And she's like, well, I... And he's not even French. She's so sure he's gonna kill her. Spoiler alert. He does. But she's gonna do that. Like, this was a bad idea. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet, but... He's gonna kill me. We have to, we have to, you know, we've talked about the the rumor of the illegitimacy of the sons of the princes. Yeah. And then we get to the point where Richard... He's now king. ...coerces Buckingham towards killing the princes, where Buckingham goes, hmm, that's a bridge too far. Yeah, no, don't want to do that. Can't Don't do it. Do that. So Richard gets James Tyrell to kill them. Then Richard denies Buckingham the land he promised him. Buckingham turns against Richard and defects to Henry, Earl of Richmond, who is currently in exile. That's where he's been all this time. Mm-hmm. And then Richard has his eye on his niece, Elizabeth of York. Yeah, so then Richard has literally just who is the Anne. last, who is the last remaining heir of his brother Edward the Fourth. So who, even though he has just married Anne Warwick, he fucking murders her. He he turns around to Kate Spain. He goes, uh, "Spread the rumor that my wife Anne is very ill and might die, and isn't that sad?" That's terribly sad. And then he poisons the shit out of her. Mm. And then the Duchess. Like, and now I'm gonna go woo. Uh, I'm gonna go woo my fucking niece. And then Elizabeth and the Duchess of York and, and Margaret. Queen Margaret shows up. And Queen Elizabeth goes, Margaret, I need some help cursing these motherfuckers. Fuck you, you're not the only one. Wait, and okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Elizabeth's like, I need some help. You're good at this cursing shit. You gotta figure it out. You're queen of this shit. Help me out. Queen Kirsten, let's go. So, Richard marches by with his army, and these witch, witchy women curse him. Richard then asks fucking Queen Elizabeth so he can have his fucking, his niece's, her daughter's fucking hand in marriage. He's like, hey, Elizabeth, uh, I know you and I have had some history, but it's in the past. Like, and things that are in the past, we can't change them, and so we shouldn't think about them anymore. Will you talk me up to your daughter? So, and Queen again, Elizabeth is like, 
the fuck? Can we put a pin in Richard's timing? Because I want to go on a diet. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And I know we're getting late here, so. His timing is the His worst. So, Buckingham. Uh, Richard gets super fucking paranoid. Buckingham rebels. Buckingham gets captured and fucking murdered. So then everybody shows up late. Richard's super distracted by them, too. To the Battle of Bosworth Field. Yeah. He gets visited by some ghosts who tell him to despair and die. And then the ghosts tell them that they're wishing victory for Richmond. And then we see the ghosts talk to Richmond and tell him, hey, you're going to do a great job. You're going to do super great. And it's all, it's the ghosts of all of the people that Richard has murdered. That Richard's murdered. So it's Clarence, and it's Edward, and it's King Henry VI. And they're all saying, you and are then, a horrible piece of shit. Hope you die. You over there... You're cool beans. We like you. You're going to do great. We're going to do some ghosty shit. And then Richard wakes up screaming for Jesus. Literally. Literally screaming for Jesus. Um, because he realizes that he's alone in the world and he can't even pity his own ass. And he's like, oh, have I been the villain this whole time? Have I well, been the oh, dickbag? Are we the baddies? Wait, hold on. We're the baddies? We're the baddies. Oh, no, I don't want to oh, be the baddies. The black uniforms so, and the eagle should have given it away. So, in the very first, that huge long monologue he gives, in the very opening of the play, he decides to be a villain. And now, in the act five, he's like, oh, fuck, I was the villain? Oh, wait, I'm the bad guy? I never oh, thought I no. tried to kill Oh, oh no. dick. Who knew that oh, the murders of a 12 and a 9-year-old made you one of the bad guys? So, Lord Stanley, who Beth has been disparaging this whole time because he runs away he or wants run to run away. away. no. Lord Stanley and his followers give up on Richard. And run away. But it makes it so that Richard loses, so fucking Stanley is a fucking hero. So because Stanley runs away like a Stanley measuring tape when you hit the little button and it retracts all the way back in. Just like some shrinkage. Just like some shrinkage. Stanley turns the tide of the battle by running the fuck away. And then we get Richard other famous... is unhorsed and... And actually, this one, I will give a shout out. So I was, we're at the beer store earlier, and the beer guy, one of the guys that works there, it's not the guy that's normally in there, but he's like, uh, you looking for anything in particular? I was like, well, I gotta find a theme. I need a, I need a, you know, you got anything about a, a hunchbacked asshole? You got any beers related to that? No? A horse? A horse? My well, no, I didn't even bring it up. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could probably just get some arrogant bastard and, and, you know, be oh, good. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's always a good choice. And, he, and then he goes, he goes, so what's the play? I said, Richard, you know, I said Richard the Third. He goes, and he's just like thinking and thinking. He goes, is that uh, the uh, kingdom for my horse? And I'm like, holy shit, yeah, it is. Yeah. And he's like, I haven't read Shakespeare in I don't know how long. And I'm like, nobody reads Richard the Third in high school. So you obviously picked that up somewhere. So I said, you know, like. it's one of those lines. I major think, major yeah. props to the random beer guy. Yeah. A horse, because a he horse, at least my knew this for line. a horse is from Richard III, the third. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. It's because he's is, been unhorsed, he knows he's about to fucking die. Well, yeah, he got knocked off his horse, and he's a fucking alone on the battlefield, and he's about to get murdered. And everybody shit. hates him. Because he's Literally a dickhead. everybody. And so then, Henry, Earl of Richmond, comes in and he goes, Oh, look, there's Richard. He doesn't have a horse. Isn't that cute? Stabity, stabity. And then becomes Henry the Seventh. <laughs> Just like so, that. <laughs> Stanley, who had run away, walked. now walks over and he goes, Ugh, 
Thank God you killed that little, that little Thank you God you guy. killed that hunchback dwarf uh, motherfucker. Because uh, he scared me and I ran away a lot. <laughs> Let me pluck the crown off of his dead head. And I'm going to put it right on you. Oh, it's a guess- fitting end for the guy who we were introduced to in Henry 6-3 who plunked a dead person's head down in the throne room. And guess so- who marries Elizabeth of York? And he's like, hey, you want to end the War of the Roses by uh, merging the Lancaster and the York lines? Hey, yep. thanks, Henry VII. Henry VII gets uh, to marry Richard's niece that Richard was trying to woo, so he poisoned his fucking wife. And that is the end of the fucking play. Woohoo! We made it! We made it through Looks Richard III. Like we made it. Of course, we've got a lot to go, Tim McGraw. Oh, yes. Before we uh, are done... We've got a lot tonight. of stuff, and I just but we've got a lot of we've got some pin pins. It already is out of my head. Oh well, lost gone. pin must not be important. Must not be that important. So this has been. No, don't put lost pin. Then it's just going to bother me that I didn't remember it. This because it's, it's not coming back. This has it's been. not coming back, Cassie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's some baller. That's the some baller shit right there. The that's some baller shit right there. She's just taunting you. I lose. She's like one of those monkeys that like shows their genitals off and like scares the other monkeys away. No, she's nothing like that. Am I? Am I like that? That was like the worst analogy. Look, I was trying to go for a Beth analogy. Roll the credits. It's not even a Beth analogy. Usually Beth analogies don't have anything to do with genitals. We were just talking about how disgusting you were earlier. That is in the Apocrypha. <laughs> we were talking All right. about Well, this has been Shakespeare episode 40-something. 45. Is it 45? 45. I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Beth Roars. Cassie Greenley. Chase Greenley. Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. What, Paul? Ah, uh, dicks. Ah, uh, dicks. <laughs>